0: This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, new CME FX markets, EU bond tape break-up, LSEG under duress, yet London raises more capital than anywhere else in Europe. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 224. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter. Unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. Over in BitCarnage, the pressure is building up once again on Binance as the SEC has held out against becoming part of the DOJ settlement. Indeed, the now released DOJ court documents appear to help the SEC's push for further sanctions against Binance, who have spent the past week once again obfuscating on where their global headquarters might be. Meanwhile, Canada's famous crypto entrepreneur turned convicted felon, CZ, appears to have tired of life on the North American continent with his family now in UAE, apparently a partner and three children that amounts to. However, US prosecutors half tartly and sensibly objected to CZ going back to the Middle East where there is no extradition treaty with the UAE. A judge in the US has sensibly agreed. Meanwhile the former CEO of the platform Bitslato has pleaded guilty in court. Anatoly Legkodimov was arrested in Miami on June 17th and has been held in the rather grisly environs of the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn New York ever since. No sentencing date has been set, and Leg Kodimov faces up to five years in jail, probably a fair tariff for his crimes. But again, this infers Binance managed to get CZ a remarkably light sentence range. Binance, by the way, was a leading counterparty to Bitslato. There remains some talk, incidentally, that Leg Kodimov may yet be part of a prisoner swap for the US Wall Street Journal reporter detained in Moscow, Evan meanwhile according to sbf parental family friend an expert lawyer who advised the ill-fated defense sbf earns the dubious title of worst witness amidst high stakes trial that's the bloomberg headline stanford law school professor david mills crafted a meticulous defense strategy which sbf promptly ignored He may be at the very top of the list as the worst person I've ever seen do a cross-examination, says Mills, a Stanford Law School colleague and a close friend of Bankman-Fried's parents. If you enjoyed this excerpt, you may be interested to know that you can read BitCarnage every day on Exchange Invest. Alternatively, if you want to follow BitCarnage, the daily update and happenings in the world of crypto and digital assets, you can find BitCarnage as a standalone on Substack. Back to the major mainstream of marketplaces and market structure, SIBO will focus on internal growth after acquisitions There's a lot of upside to SIBO if it can just get its message across let alone how it organises, what it does and how it grows internally Speaking of poor messaging, even their supposedly loyal media contacts on whom zillions have been lavished in hospitality over the years are turning on LSEG with Marex snubbing the London Stock Exchange this week in favour of a US listing and a third matching engine fallover in as many months, the credibility of the London Stock Exchange Group is, to put it mildly, dim. London is adrift for several key reasons. The corporation took its eye off the ball for multiple years due to perplexing over Brexit and being perma-wrong on what would happen, including that distinctly embarrassing unanimous vote to encourage Remain, which entirely backfired the uk government being market oblivious allegedly the conservative party believes in free markets there is essentially zero evidence of this from the time cameron entered office 13 years ago apart from brief unrequited messages during the truss interregnum a corporatization of the city has removed reduced individual risk and the ability to be entrepreneurial in many respects, all due to EU, FCA, Bank of England, ineptitude or precautionary principles. And then there's a stubborn reluctance to realise that London's big markets are... Ice and SIBO, as much as anything operated by the data-obsessed LSEG monopoly, which has biting at its heels a considerable number of their, their exchanges and trading venues, such as Aquas. On that Marek story, why on earth would a globally focused broker even consider LSEG except to be polite in political terms? The US has the investors, the risk appetite and the market. Right now, focusing on UK listing only is a mugs game until the institutions embrace risk in investing once more. And yet, amidst all this doom loop, it's hard to ignore the point that for the past 15 years, the USA has grown 82%, the EU has grown by a mere 6%. And yet, we have the notable headline in financial news London this week, London Stock Exchange still tops Europe for capital raisings. Whether you regard this as indicative of London's strength despite everything else or the weakness of the EU's capital markets more than a decade after the originally mooted, broadly undelivered CMU, this statistic is instructive. Elsewhere, we had the shock closure this week of the Euronext-owned Euroswap joint venture between MTS and fintech firm WeMatch, which was only launched in February. Quite remarkable. In results this week... It wasn't such a busy week. The CME Group declared an annual variable dividend $5.25 per share, payable January 18th, making for an implied yield of 5%, according to the CME's press releases. Fabulous news in Budapest, the Hungarian stock exchange. It has seen a profit climb of 51% net in Q1 to Q3 2023. Over in new markets this week, the CME launched two new FX initiatives, in essence a whole new brace of platforms. There's a new FX all-to-all market, FX Spot Plus, which is intended to connect OTC and Futures Liquidity, while CME will combine its two NDF liquidity pools on the EBS market platform onto a single trading venue in October 2024, subject to regulatory approval. Hungary, Slovenia and Serbia, they're going to be launching a power exchange by the end 2024. And then there is the Main Street Growth Act, which seeks to create a new form of SME exchange in the USA. Very interesting with the US African-American focused dream exchange eager to exploit this license type. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com, with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome, wherever you find this podcast. In deal news this week, Persistent Systems are in talk to acquire the IT arm of the National Stock Exchange of India, according to an exclusive in Money Control. That venue, that vendor rather, has been set on the block following the recommendations of the SEBI appointed Mahalingam Committee. If you're trying to understand how technology is affecting life and markets, check out my latest book, Victory or Death Blockchain, Cryptocurrency, and the FinTech World. It's a binary world indeed. Your career will sustain or collapse in the next stage of the digital world, hence the title Victory or Death, lest you need reminding of the exciting times for finance in which we are living. Victory or Death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Now we've gone into our Christmas break with the IPO Vid live show, but you can still catch all our back episodes on YouTube, LinkedIn and Facebook. Just go search IPO-Vid. You can watch all the 140 different back episodes of the show in finance book of this week and don't forget you can get a preview of the finance book of the week by signing up for our free weekend newsletter which is available every saturday you can do that by going to exchangeinvest.com and signing up for the free option in response to readers queries we have this book of the week feature we're choosing interesting books pertaining to exchanges and markets investment at all This book was written by Brian Burrow and John Hellier. this week. Barbarians at the Gate is a modern classic. A masterpiece of investigative journalism and a rollicking book of corporate daring do and financial swordsmanship. Burrow and Heller. Take readers behind the scenes of the largest takeover in Wall Street history at that time, The Deal to Buy, R.J.R. Nabisco. Our next book of the week will be unveiled on Saturday in the EI Weekend Edition, so don't forget to sign up for that free if you like to be ahead of the pack. And indeed, if you like being ahead of the pack in all news about financial markets and exchanges, don't forget, if you want all the news on the bourse business sent daily to your inbox, subscribe to Exchange Invest via exchangeinvest.com. It's only $349 per annum to join the exchange of information. Product news this week, the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development, EBRD. They're supporting capital markets in Kazakhstan, as we know well. Their latest innovation, they've helped... Kase, the Kazakhstan Stock Exchange introduced a new local currency interest rate swap overnight derivative, an overnight index swap in which the overnight rate is exchanged for a fixed interest rate. It's another excellent product delivered via the 30 year young Kazakhstan Stock Exchange, which publishes the rate and index that it developed with the assistance of the Money Market Working Group comprising the National Bank of Kazakhstan, the EBRD, and the country's leading financial institutions. Over at the LME, they're studying a nickel-sulfate contract amid rising EV battery demand. And in Warsaw, the US stock segment has launched on their Global Connect platform. The first share, Tesla, has been trading since the 12th of December, while on the 11th of December, Borsa Malaysia Derivatives launched their first currency futures, which is Chinese renminbi US dollar. In technology news this week, the Tata Consulting boss says he's ready to take ASX pressure on Chess, according to an interview in the AFR, the Australian Financial Review. The Tata boss says he's ready to deliver where the previous vendor to ASX, DAH, failed. AFR is fairly tame on the whole topic, but at least mentions the finish and TMX delivery delays by TCS, which TCS defend to some extent. The ASX, by comparison to AFR, is now the definition of active versus passive management. Previously, management actively walked into DAH's embrace and failed. Now they have passively gone for what they perceive as a safe pair of hands. In neither case, do they appear to have a clear vision of what management involves. It's quite amusing to see TCS note the ASX project is not large by TCS standards, but it is a very solid space for us. Not quite sure how the TCS boss defines... A solid but from what I recall in chemistry it's just a state along with gas and liquid perhaps a useful surmise of the Australian market structure's state of play. Intercontinental Exchange ICE they've announced approval of electronic trade document solutions for the delivery of commodities globally That's an excellent extension from the news early in October, where we noted how ICE had completed their first delivery of London cocoa using fully electronic warehouse warrants. Then there was the shock bond consolidated tape proposal dying in the EU. It came as a statement from Bloomberg Market Access and TradeWeb. The joint venture agreement is dead. Will Euro CTP endeavour to go cross asset from its equity consolidated tape proposal? Presumably the bond consortia partner Finborn is very disappointed by this too as e-trading software have instantly announced they would like to make a CTP bid for the European bond consolidated tape in addition to their existing bid for the UK bond consolidated tape. In regulation news, the SEC head warns against AI washing, the high-tech version of greenwashing, a welcome warning where lots of people have at best a little limited machine learning, for example us, in their systems, and many proclaim it is a huge AI process. Not us, I hasten to add. ASIC have intervened to protect retail investors from high-risk offers and business practices. Those high-risk business practices, I wonder, include hugely mismanaged technology stacks where hundreds of millions are spent only for the solution to then be rebased upon an Indian import which has no great reputation for being cutting-edge but has frequently been delivered late and over-budget. Hashtag asking for a friend. ESMA and welcome news. They published their annual peer review of EU CC supervision. The reason this EU CCP supervision report is so encouraging is because the net result is it's overall positive. Good to see. Career paths. This week, LTEL, Terry Duffy, has received a contract extension another two years as chairman and CEO to maintain the CME Monopoly Milker strategy. Meanwhile, Hong Kong exchanges are considering extending CEO Agazan's contract for one year, according to Bloomberg. NASDAQ has confirmed Roland Chai as supreme commander of their market services in Europe. And on the consolidated tape theme once again, former Euronext Market Services and Digital Head Eglantine Desutels has been appointed to head up EuroCTP, that's the joint venture between multiple exchanges, to deliver a joint consolidated tape for the European Union equity markets. S&P Global has announced the departure of CFO Evut Steenbergen and there's a welcome new Chief Strategy Officer at Aquas Exchange, Adrian Ipp, who's been heading up the commercial tech arm in recent times. Then there is the news via the trade that Millennium, arm of LSEG, has hired from within for a new head of sales for EMEA. Marian Juric has been named head of EMEA sales at Millennium following five years with the business working across Europe, Middle East, Africa and APAC. So it seems Millennium are seeking to sell exchange matching engines once again, just when their own LSEG installations aren't working as well as they ought. It's a very puzzling state of affairs given how LSEG Millennium was forced to withdraw from the process for what is now Nuam Exchange when on the shortlist just a few months ago. Over in Big World, a quick update on some inflation rates around the world you might have missed as we approach year-end. Afghanistan is a surprise with deflation of 8.1% as political risk led to recession and the economy tipping into deflation mode in April. Argentina sits at a pretty much world-leading 143%, which helps explain the 55% vote for new president, the libertarian Xavier Millet, who was inaugurated into office just last week. That contrasts with neighbouring Brazil where, despite the latest leftist Lulu government, inflation is by historic Brazilian standards a very meek 4.82%. Clearly, Chinese deflation at 0.2%, that's minus 0.2%, is a worry, inferring risks ahead as the economy in China tries to avoid too much collateral damage as the likes of Evergrande leads the former property bubble into liquidation. Perhaps most shockingly, while at a five-month high, in Zimbabwe's inflation rate is a mere twenty-one point six percent, a bagatelle compared to past stratospheric hyperinflationary values. Looking at the World Growth Outlet, Hong Kong Exchanges CEO Nicholas Agazan delivered an interesting manifesto this week, noting IMF estimates 70%, that's 70% of global growth in 2024, will come from Asia, the Middle East, Africa and South America. Ally that with the statistic I threw in the other day about the past 15 years where Europe has grown 6% and the USA 82% over the past 15 years. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young. I build marketplaces around the world. I am the principal of Exchange Invest, the exchange of information, the daily bulletin of the board's business. I wish you all a great week in life and markets. Thanks for listening to the Exchange Invest weekly podcast. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.